Hello, and welcome to the Everything Publishing Podcast, brought to you by Self-Publishing Services, the industry leader in author services and independent publishing. Today, you're here with me, Danica Winters, and I am a Publishers Weekly, Nielsen Bookscan, Walmart, Amazon, and Kobo bestselling author of over 20 novels. In addition to writing for divisions within HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, and Macmillan, I am also a successful hybrid author. I'm the owner and business director of Self-Publishing Services, a business I'm extremely proud of. And I have to say, my greatest source of pride is our outstanding customer service and the desire to be, first and foremost, our author's advocates. If you have any questions, comments, or requests after listening to this podcast, please contact our company at selfpublishingservices at gmail.com or find us on social media at sp underscore services or you can find me at Danica Winters. Hello and welcome to the Everything Publishing Podcast. You are here today with me, Melanie Callahan, the Marketing Director for Self-Publishing Services and Danica Winters, the Business Director for Self-Publishing Services. And today we want to talk a little bit about something that um, people don't often talk or we don't feel like they talk enough about in the industry and that is predatory agents. Well, and, and the caveat of finding agents, working with agents, having successful relationships with agents, but definitely um, there is some, some things you want to watch out for. Um, we just had a conversation. Mel, do you want to talk about that with the uh, Children's Book Illustration Group? Yeah, so we are going to hopefully be doing a little um, kind of webinar sort of panel discussion with a children's writers and illustrators group here in the next month or so to talk about just like what is the reality of self-publishing and what can you be expected to um, realistically take on yourself. And it was in talking with one of the leaders of this group as we're trying to set this up as she said that they have had conversations with agents before who have told them flat out if you self-publish, no agent will ever want to work with you, not just for the book that you self-published, but for any of your books, because by self-publishing, all you're doing is proving that you're impatient. And I laughed. <laughs> Dude, I, I can't even hear it without cringing. I, I know. Oh, I'm, and she was oh, I just I, she breaks my heart. Right. She's a lovely individual and she's very smart and she knows that she was like, yeah, yeah. I didn't quite understand why I was hearing that. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) pretty sure that by self yeah, that's, that's not the case. And if that is, so let's run away. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's touch on this. This is just absolutely blows my mind that, that agents are still out there trying to tout this crap. Like it is absolute crap. I'm sorry. Like we're partnered with agents at SPS, where if we see a project that's just phenomenal, we're going to push them on to these, these handful of agents that we work directly with. Well, and a they're project great. that's phenomenal and an author who's really interested in going traditional. Exactly. And, and wants to follow that route and has the street cred and the readership base and the platform. Like if we can sell you, we're going to try to sell you to these agents. And that's what they're there for. They, they are looking and they're hungry for awesome authors, just like the rest of the world and the rest of the readers. But anyhow, off of that, they would never say that. I mean, of these probably 10 or 12 agents we work with, like none of them, all of them would be just as flabbergasted as I am right now, because that is absolutely crazy. I mean, they want stars. And if you are making, um, 
you know, ripples in the self-publishing world, if you're being successful and you're setting your business up correctly and you're doing the things you need to do, they're not even going to think twice about it. They want to make money. They want you to make money. I mean, you guys are in a business partnership. Who would want to take on? I mean, sure. They're looking for first time authors, debut authors that can come out with this, this lightning strike of a book, but those are kind of few and far between. I mean, most of them are seeing, um, they, they ask for your numbers. They ask how many books have you sold self-publishing? Um, what kind of, like you said, readership base do you have? What kind of newsletter numbers do you have? Um, and they're going to ask for everything and any more, even traditional editors, some of them will ask for that. And right. so you kind of have to be ready to back your stuff, even, even if you're traditionally publishing. So that's always just kind of part of the game. And to think that people are like, oh no, you can't do it is absolutely a jerk move. I mean, there is what they're trying to do is bully you into getting an agent when that may not be the best fit for you. Right. And it goes along, like to me, it goes hand in hand with that question that I hear a lot at conferences. Uh, God rest them. Um, God rest their souls. <laughs> where people will ask an agent, you know, there'll be the ed- editor and agent panel and somebody will say, well, I hear now that, you know, I have to come in with my own audience or I have to have a solid platform in order to even get a look from an agent or an editor. And to me, that's kind of the same thing. And if that were the case, every single agent up there would be like, no, absolutely not. I do not want you to have a platform and you can't do that. (laughs) And that is not the answer. The answer is always kind of like this beat of silence where I think all of them in their heads are going, yeah, if you could please come to us with 10,000 subscribers to your new list, that'd be awesome. Well, and I think that they have that moment of like, do I have to answer this question again? Because I have never been to an agent and editors panel that someone has not asked that question. And I've been at this for 10 years. And even in 10 years ago, when self-publishing was just starting, like they were still like, oh, you know, if you can have the right numbers, like we'll look at you. Right. You know, right. And now they're even more accommodating. They're like, heck yeah, like do your thing. And uh, Leslie Sabga is one of those that, that she's the one that I just heard her voice in my head. She works for the Seymour <laughs> agency. Awesome. She is, she is a phenomenal person. I just love her to death. Um, but she would say that she'd just be like, heck yeah. Like if you have numbers, if, even if you don't have numbers, if, if you have a good voice, if you have a good story and you have the writing to back it up, they can sell mm-hmm. it. But it's, it is like the kind of the holy grail to have all of those things together. But if you can spend five years developing your career before you go to traditional, guess what? You are a leg up compared to the people that were just picked up and are like, I wrote a book. You know what I mean? So it's, there's so many advantages to it, actually. Yeah. I think that a lot of authors look at it as like, there's a distance between themselves and the agent and the editor and what that's not how I would see it, I think that what it realistically is, is it's like a job interview. It's like you're going in for a job interview with these folks. And so your relationship with them is a lot closer than you think from the outside looking in. And so they're looking for someone who's going to be a great employee, so to speak, or a great business partner, somebody who- It's a business partner relationship is the way I liken it. Um, Because you are definitely not working for the agent. I So myself, I've had three different agents and we're partners, absolutely partners. And I wouldn't have an agent that would be any other way. Um, And because like my first agent, when I was really, really green, 
we were not partners and I didn't get it. And I was so nervous and I, you know, and, and new author jitters kind of a thing. And I think that's what was kind of the nail in that coffin is because I looked at her like she was my boss. And if I would have treated that relationship more like we were equals, that would have been a totally different um, scenario. It played out totally differently. And we're still friends. Like we still talk. It's just that we didn't have a, a conducive business relationship. So, right. it wasn't and, I, and I'm not upset about that at all. She was fantastic. It was just not a good fit. And so those things happen too. And we can talk about that a little bit. If you want to talk about how, what it feels like to leave an agent or know that an agent isn't the right fit, you well, can always contact me on Twitter, you guys, or Instagram, whatever. Yeah. And getting into the, like, get, oh, sorry, go ahead. Give your handles. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) So you can at us, or you can connect with us at SP underscore services on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, or you can contact me, Danica Winters at Danica Winters at Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, all the places. So. And I think that leads into a little bit of that conversation about when you are green and when you are looking at your first agent or you're working with your first agent, what should you look for to know whether or not you're in a good relationship, you know, because there are going to be, I think we should even start before that. Like, I think we should start with, do you need an agent? Because that's that's kind of that predatory, you know, we're talking about that predatory agent relationship. There are agents that just want to collect authors. I hate to say it, but it's absolutely true. Like they will do nothing for your career. They just want to have these rising stars in their rosters. So it's very weird. I know that's strange to think about, but they they absolutely do. Like I can think of one agent in particular that has at one point had hundreds of authors and these people were so upset. The authors were like, I'm not hearing from them. They're not submitting my work. If they are submitting my work, I'm not hearing anything back. And it's in, and from an author's perspective, that's super frustrating. Like, cause okay. you could be taking your book and putting it up and making money. Like, like it's costing you money when you don't have an agent that is on your side and doing their job for you that they promised they would do for you. Well, it's like having a bad real estate agent, you know? Right. <laughs> it makes sense because if they're not making you money, they're not making themselves any money either. Exactly. And- exactly. They, they kind of overpromise and under deliver, which I, I hate as a business model. Yeah, it seems like it's kind of counterproductive, but they do. I mean, they absolutely do. And they want to lock some authors up. And like, you'll see that even in Hollywood where they'll buy rights and that's kind of a different conversation, but they'll buy rights to competing projects. So those competing projects don't go out there and make money. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and that happens. It's it. So you have to come at it with all of that knowledge. And this sounds super scary and intimidating, but the thing is like, if you trust your gut, if you have a, cause one of the steps in getting an agent is talking to them on the phone. If you don't get along and you can't have a, like this kind of conversation with them, it's not gonna work. Yep. It's just not gonna work. Which I think goes back to that. Um, and I, I, you're right. I probably use the wrong phrasing. It's not necessarily a job interview, but it kind of is that it's that oh, it is. it's similar. Like you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. And so to go yeah. into that conversation with confidence and know what questions to ask and not just be sitting there. Oh my gosh. That could be a full conversation. A podcast in and of itself is just what kind of questions do I ask an agent? Um, and how do I tamp what? down the butterflies and eliminate the voice? <laughs> Yeah. 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 So let's circle back to like, if you even need an agent, because I don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much. Right. 
But um, so one of the things I always talk to people about is I say, write a business plan. If you look on our website, we give it away for free for authors, go and download it, fill it out and answer the questions. Honestly, nobody has to read it. We don't have to like you be honest. Okay. (laughs) Know what your goals are and do your research. And make them realistic. Like I talked to someone this week, a, a client, and he was awesome. And he had written, or he hadn't actually written a business plan, but he was working on it. And he was like, all my goal is, is to sell a hundred books. And I'm like, you know what? That is a fantastic goal because that is yeah. very, very doable right? quickly. And so if we can have these reachable metered accountability goals, you mm-hmm. know, based goals, that is the stuff that's going to build you up. Because if you have a goal that's like, I'm going to make $100,000. Well, buddy, that's not going to happen. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd love to tell you it does um, sure. off of one book, right? <laughs> I, I mean, you can, but not off of one book and not off of your premiere or your um, debut novel. Like, that's probably right. reaching for the stars right there. But um, yeah, so he's like, I want to do 100 books. I'm like, great. Then make it at six months, you want to sell 500 books. Like, that is so doable. Right. Yes. Um, but if that's going back to the business plan, if you're looking at that kind of stuff and you're like, you know what, I just want to do this project for my friends and I want to feel legitimized and I want to be a little bit empowered, maybe self-publishing is the best fit for you because you can kind of control everything. You can learn how everything works. You can learn how to market. You can start building that newsletter because things aren't going to happen on your first book. They're probably not even going to happen on your second book for you. You're not going to make a career out of it off two books. Um, five books, we're starting to talk right now. You're, you're starting to make enough where you can go part-time at your job if you've done things well. Right. Okay. Right. And if you and continue to do them and you continue to put the time in. Consistent. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's the hard yeah. part is when it's just like, oh, I drop a book and then, you know, a year I later. I don't talk about it. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. yeah. And I never talk about it and I never, oh, I was just talking with somebody the other night and I'm like, Hey man, you got to talk about yourself on social media. <laughs> this author's like, I don't really like to talk about myself. I'm like, if you don't, well, talk I'm about the same yourself, way. <laughs> I just, like, I'm just memes. <laughs> real uncomfortable, but every once in a while, you got to toss out the fact that I always say 5%, 5% of like who you really are. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah. You got to talk about yourself a little bit. You do kind of have to drop hints about your books to people and yeah, um, not but, a ton but be organic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. It's just that you can't fill your feed with other people no. and never talk. No, about no, no, we can't do that. So anyway, back to agents. <laughs> back into the real conversation. Okay. Oh, no, this is how we talk. I'm good with it. And hopefully everybody's following along. Hardly. But um, yeah, so with with finding an agent, you if you want to do a traditional career, here's the deal. Like you're still going to be doing the same stuff you're doing for self-publishing. You're still going to be doing your marketing. You're still going to be doing your creation. You're still going to be involved with, or you should be involved with your cover creation, your art fact sheets, like all of those things. You should still be involved with, you know, talking to your marketing managers um, and your PR groups. So you're still very, very involved. It's not like if I go traditional, I just get to write the book. Like, no, Mm-mm. that is old school. That is 1907 publishing right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just not going to work like that now. And, and unfortunately, you know, because I'm the same way, I would just love to sit in my office and create. Yeah. 
but that is not the reality of the business anymore. So um, if you're trying to get at it where you think, where you think traditional is the easy route, forget it. Um, oh, that's yeah. crazy. Or, or uh, even that once you have an agent, you're in and you're yeah, oh, yeah. made. Like it's, it's really, you got to keep <sighs> yeah. book, you know? Yeah. And, and traditional publishing doesn't guarantee that you're going to get distributed to local bookstores. Like that's a big misnomer too. Um, mm-hmm. Cause people are like, one of their big hangups with self-publishing is like, I can't get into Barnes Noble. Well, actually you can get into Barnes Noble, but it's a little bit more challenging because yeah you have to go through distributors, which is going to change things a little bit um, and where you can be accessible at. And it's choices you make early on in your, in your self-publishing that influence where it ends up being on the shelf. So, but with traditional same issues, like they still only have X amount of shelf space. If you're not a known author, if your book doesn't just fly off the shelves, guess what? You get remaindered and you're done. And so you may not even make the shelves to get remaindered. You may not, you know, it's like, so, um, I write for Harlequin. I write, I've had, I'm on contract with 17 books for them. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super lucky. I'm very, I feel very fortunate, but I've, I've geared my whole career towards that and it's a lifestyle for me. So, but when the first books came out, I, I'll, sorry. Um, when the first books came out, the books were available in Albertsons and in Kroger's and in, um, like Aldi. I think that's one of the ones. Oh where, yeah. Mm-hmm. right I, we don't have that here but um and it was available in Safeway and it was available in like all the grocery store chains which is awesome but then it was great like my first seven books probably were all in local grocery stores and they did really well so it's not like I didn't sell um they did really really great I was fortunate um and they hit Walmart they hit the Walmart bestsellers list they were doing great then the distribution chains changed a little bit the mm. stock market kind of hit and publishing conglomerated and like all the things happened that I don't have control over. And all of a sudden they weren't in Albertsons anymore. Albertsons didn't have that shelf in our region anymore. Um, And my sales numbers dropped and I have no control over that because all of a sudden people aren't seeing it on the shelf. Um, And so I'm not saying that it's a win. I'm not saying it's a loss. I'm just saying that in traditional publishing, it's what happens. Like you have zero control over anything um, other than choosing who you want to publish with. So, and, and, and choosing who's going to be on your team and, and a good agent, what they should talk to you about. So when I took the contract with Harlequin, we actually got offers from other publishers and my agent and I had a very frank conversation where we said, you know, what do you want? What's your goal as an author? And thankfully I had written the business plan and I said, I want to write for Harlequin because I believe in their brand. They're kind of the gold standard of romance. Like if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do the best. So if I have that option if that is in my wheelhouse. And so even though it was less, there was less offers on the table as far as like certain things, you know, I can't really talk about contracts. Yeah. Right. It wasn't, it um, wasn't the plum contract compared to some of the others, but it fit. Better yeah, there, with- it, it, exactly. Like I knew that they wanted to have me for my career. Right. And so I was willing to concede some points for knowing that I could have longevity. Yes. So, and that, and they absolutely came through with it. Like they have supported me and they've been phenomenal, but that is a rarity in the world of publishing. Right. And so when you, when you choose an agent and you choose a publisher, make sure you're asking those questions. I mean, it's uncomfortable. It is not fun to be like, Hey, you've just offered me X amount of money and my dream, 
you know, and I feel like I'm looking at a, like I'm looking at a gift horse in the mouth, but you know, (laughs) and it's, it's, so you need to be strong enough to be like, and like the agents kind of the first gateway into that world where you go, what are you going to bring to the table? Like what, what are you really, really truly offering? And some of those agents and editors don't like answering that question. And I know it's uncomfortable, but they should. I mean, there's so, so many options. And they don't, they don't know the future any better than the rest of us. So they can't commit to like, oh, I'm with you forever. And this is what we're going to do. But But that's almost the answer you want from them. Right. Their intention should be, you know, like, they should be able to be honest and say, listen, we're in this for the long haul and barring, you know, things that don't look great. Pandemics. Pandemics. (laughs) Barring pandemics. (laughs) World-changing events, then our goal is to, because they do. And, and it always boils down to like, they're a business and they're in it for the bottom line. And if you are valuable to them, they are going to want to keep you. And so, no yeah, and if they're offended by questions like that, then that right. means they're hiding something. Right. And that maybe that isn't a good fit for you. Like if you right. have options, take the other option. You know, and I'm not saying for sure to do that, but I'm saying trust your gut. Because there are ed- editors and agents out there that will be like, they'll promise you the world. If they like your stuff enough, they will, they'll be like, I'll take a cut in my percentages. I'll do, I mean, that's rare, but it does absolutely happen especially if you're making money and like to know that, Hey, this isn't, even though it looks good on the surface, it is not a good fit. And to have the strength of character and to know your value as an author. And I cannot say that enough. Like if you are a talented author, know your value, like do not sell yourself short. Say it's okay to say no. It's, and it's not an ego thing. Like it is just a, Hey, this doesn't align with what I want for my future. Right. And, and the one thing that, you know, you can always bring to the table is hard work or work ethic. And exactly the authors that are going to succeed are the ones who are like, Hey, I'm committed to doing this. I'm committed to meeting my deadlines. I'm committed to, you know, returning my edits on time and getting you quality product and working mm-hmm. hard to make sure that I continue to do that. And that's, and being know, flexible, you know, being, being very, very flexible in the world of traditional publishing, you have to be. Right. Cause things change, you know, lightning Rapid. fast. Yeah. And even though they're working two years out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got stories for that. We'll, we'll save those for another day, but just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to, uh, you have to be on it and, and know that this is the right fit for you. I mean, if I haven't scared you guys away yet of from traditional <laughs> publishing, it's fun. I mean, and I love self-publishing too. So it's like there are benefits and um, disadvantages to both methods of doing it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and be like, ah, self-publishing is the way to go. Even though that's the company we run, we run an honest company first and foremost. Like we're right. on your team. Um, like the other day when I was talking to the guy I was, I was telling you about where he's like, I want to sell hundred books. I read his stuff and I was like, Hey man, you need to go traditional. Like this is right on the nose of culture right now. Like it is so good and I can help you submit. Like, let's go that route. I didn't make nearly as much money doing that, but I feel better at the end of the day, really helping him in the way that he needed and being honest with him 
than anything. Like I, I could look myself in the mirror and be like, yeah. And, and how many authors Mel have we worked with that oh. at the end of the day, we're like, you did awesome. And I'm glad we could help you, even though we didn't make the most money, you know, right. like, yes. Oh, know that's crazy. Time. But <laughs> well, <laughs> but, and I mean, that's the thing is that it's, it's so funny. I feel often like when we're working with these clients that sometimes they start to feel bad about, especially around editing and stuff like that, where it's like, we're giving them hard uh, lessons, I guess, or we, we return things and we ask them to do hard stuff. And mm-hmm. at, the, at the end of the process, it's like, what we're trying to do for you is turn out the best product that will get you further along your path, whatever that path is. Exactly. And, and, and within your skill set, within, you know, yeah. yeah, because some people just, you need a little bit more time to grow as an author. Great. Well, We're here for that too. That's the reality too, is that how many authors have we worked with where from first book to sixth book, we're like, wow, you're, you have leveled up every single book. And I am so proud to be part of that process and to see your growth as a writer and to see right. your, and, and you just keep moving forward. And some, for some writers, it takes a, a lot of books. And for some writers, they make magical leaps between books. And it just is, everybody's different. And exactly. It's, it's I mean, I worked with one lady who did the first book, she could like barely write dialogue. And I was like, oh, <laughs> we're, we're going to need a lot of work. Like, okay, we got that. And she was kind of a friend. And then like, we grew even closer over the years. But then she, by her eighth book that she did with me, um, we use different editors so she could see different styles. We use different things so she could learn as she went. Yeah. Um, her eighth book, she's making a living off of what she does. She okay. does not work outside of the house anymore. She is a full-time writer. Um, and now she's like clearing contests. Like she wins contests all the time. And I'm so proud of her because like she's gone so far in her career and like to see that growth and like she I think she sees that growth too I know she sees that growth because it's such a different different world than what she started with with her first book but she couldn't have gotten to where she is without the first book you know what I mean like you have to you have to go drag your legs through it a little bit and learn (laughs) but if you if you're stopped by that first book because you're like it didn't make a million dollars like well then buddy you were not made for this industry so Right. If you're not willing to stick with it and do the hard things and, and if you don't have a team around you, whose goal is to do that for alongside you, then you're in the wrong team. So if your agent that you're trying to work with exactly is not um, looking at you as a long-term investment and doesn't provide you with the kind of hard feedback that you need to succeed long-term, they're the wrong agent. Yeah. And sometimes it really sucks when they give you where you're like, I love this project. This happened to me like two years ago. I love this idea and it just did not fit the market. And she told me and she's like, you need to redo it as this. And I was like, okay. So I redid it as that, but then my heart wasn't in it. And of course it didn't sell, you know, and Mm -hmm. we lost it. I mean, it was not a a feasible project. I can't tell you the number of times I failed guys. Don't think that because I have a career as an author, like everything I do is solid gold. It is absolutely not um but that's why I have people around me telling me hey idiot like (laughs) you can't you can't do these things and so to kind of rein me in a little bit because I can be like you know what I want to do today I want to write a gold cat like (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> not really. I'm kidding. Let's put a pin in that one. And <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Everybody will love a gold cat. And they're like, hey, no, right? Murder. Hey, okay, oh, just stay away from the gold cats. And that's what I needed an agent for. It's kind of to keep me in check. And I told her that. And um, we actually are working on our friendship. Like, and we have, I think, succeeded in that now. It took a while, you know, to become friends. But now it's very much a bond and, and that's great. So, um, and, and another thing about agents, in addition to selling your work to editors and publishing houses, um, they do a lot more behind the scenes than just that. And, and that's something we don't often realize. Um, but agents, if you, so I had a weird scenario in my life as an author that required some delicacy um, it required some <laughs> lawyers. I mean, it was, it was <laughs> awkward and terrible and I, I don't talk about it, but, um, I had to call my agent in and be like, Hey, this is what's going on. It has to do with my whole career. Um, can you let the appropriate people know that, you know, and I wasn't running late on deadlines or anything. It was just like, Hey, that this could happen. And, and, she was like, absolutely. And she was my, my right hand man. Like she was on it. She was so supportive. And like, I've heard that with people that are like going through divorces, like they'll call their agent very first and they'll be like, Hey, guess what? As I know that sounds crazy, but that's kind of the relationship you need is to be honest with them. And like, when things aren't going right in your personal life, I'm not saying like when you stub your toe or break your arm, like that, not that kind of stuff, but like these big life-changing moments Right. They need to be involved in that because that's the stuff that will change you as an author. It'll change your right. voice a little bit. And right. so they need to know, I mean, they need to be a part of that and, and they can be a huge ally. They can be involved with legal side of things like, and that's absolutely what we was going on, you know, and NDAs and all kinds of fun stuff. And so, um, well, th- they can be a huge asset. Even potentially just providing their own, you know, from their perspective, the kind of advice, I imagine there's probably a lot of authors who have made some social media missteps in the last couple of years who have turned oh, yeah. and been like, ha oh, ha what do I do now? You know, because that's- Well, like the people thing. that are doing false copyrights and doing um, yeah. patent trolling and like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm sure all of their agents fired them, but if they <laughs> maybe had an agent that was like, hey, no gold cats, then they wouldn't do that stuff. Right. Which, and, and so that's the kind of relationship that everybody can aspire to is to have this agent who is really looking out for your, for your long-term well-being in the industry and, and is growing with you as opposed to the people on the opposite end that we might consider predatory agents who are looking to just collect a list of names and aren't really going to yeah. help you move your career forward or who might actively you know, take advantage of you in other ways. Um, and especially, you know, maybe younger, newer authors that aren't as familiar or as confident in moving through the industry. Um, you know, unfortunately, there yeah. are people out there that don't. Well, and there's people that are like, I charge to read. I, we have to touch on that because that's oh. kind of old school too. Right. Um, if an agent ever says that they charge to read, they're a scam. It is absolutely 100% a scam. Watch yeah. out for that. Um, I think we should put that actually in the comments below because like that, like people need to read that in bold every day. Like if, if they're charging money up front, that's crazy. I don't, I have never written a check to my agents 
ever. Like it comes through, it comes through the publishing houses after you've sold and like either through advances or through royalty payments. And there's a couple options and we can talk about that later, but there's split accounting. And then um, there's, there's accounting where it goes straight to your agent and you get paid through your agent. And I don't like that, but so um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's old school accounting. Like we can do deposits now. We don't need to do that. So um, anyhow, but if you ever have questions about your agents, if you have questions about your contracts with your agents or percentages with agents, um, contact us. We're out here where we have the knowledge, we have the experience. If we don't know something, we have resources where we can ask directly. We can call an agent literally on the phone and be like, Hey, what about this? I mean, I do it all the time. Um, and I'll text them. So it's like, we have the resources available, take advantage of us a little bit and, and get the information you need so you can make the right decisions for you. Well, and there are other resources too that aside, you know, we're certainly happy to talk at any point about those questions. There are also resources you can access that are out in the wide world. Some of which I believe you pay for, but if you're seriously pursuing becoming agented and going that route, it's worth the investment to, to get a feel for, who these people really are, who they represent, what yeah. they've actually accomplished, um, what people are saying about them. Like vet, vet your, you wouldn't, I mean, anymore. I don't know. It's been a bajillion years since I've been out on a date. So this might be way weird advice, but like <laughs> you wouldn't go out on a date without knowing a little something about the person you're going out with. Right. So same with an agent. Yeah. What do people say about that person? Uh, um. So off of that, like, I think that I'm going to, I'm going to actually outsource you to other websites besides ours, which is crazy. I know. But um, one of the ones that I always send people to is the publisher's marketplace. That is a subscription service. It's $99, I think a year. Um, But they track every sale um, that, you know, announced sales. So if an agent makes a sale to HarperCollins, they write a little blurb. And from those little blurbs, they go to, they go on publisher marketplace. Well, that's where like film agents buy them and studios mm-hmm. buy them and audio places buy them. And so you can like actually kind of learn how to write those and B you can see what people are selling and you can see the best agents and the most um, prolific agents in your genre. So if that is something you really, really truly want to do, you need to invest in that. Right. The other one is um, I don't know if it's still going, but I, I mean, I've always used it is predators and editors. Um, Mm -hmm. They are a great and reputable website that um, has faced some hard times because people get mad and they sue them, but it's, they are legitimate and they look like a DOS site, but they're awesome. And then there's, (laughs) uh, there used to be duotrope. I don't know if that's around anymore. If you guys have heard some of these um, go ahead and put them in our comments. Um, There's also like query tracker where you can, um, see who you've submitted to. You've seen who other people have submitted to. Those are a little bit more clunky. Um, but yeah, I, I recommend first and foremost Publishers Marketplace to to look for agents. So yeah, and don't be afraid to ask their authors too. They should have a list of who they represent somewhere. Right. Um, and reach out. Maybe don't reach out to like Stephanie Meyer. She's not going to answer you. But um, <laughs> reach out to kind of mid list and lower list authors and be like, what's your experience like? Yeah. And if you don't hear back, that's an answer. Okay. <laughs> I'm throwing that out there. Like it's not what's said, it's about what's not said. Not said. <laughs> yes. 
Well, I think we've probably covered some hot points for if you're looking to go the agented route, um, you know, things to keep in mind and some critical considerations to make. Um, it always goes back to what are your goals? What is your plan? And what are your steps to accomplish that plan? And we'll keep saying that. We keep saying it all the time to every author ever. Um, mm-hmm. from <laughs> Like, take a hard look. What do you really want to accomplish? And do the legwork and figure out uh, what works for you. And then from there, it's going to be a lot easier to make some of these decisions. So head to our website, uh, selfpublishingservices.com, to find our free downloadable business plan we also have a marketing plan template that you can look at too um there are other free resources on there but reach out to us at our social media facebook at sp underscore services or twitter follow come on follow us we need it (laughs) we also put out some fun videos um so yeah we like to talk Mel's pretty cute guys I won't put my mug on there, but she's pretty cute. COVID hair. hair. Um, Like a year from now, I'm going to have to go back and edit that out of here because then COVID won't be relevant anymore. Let us hope. Yeah. I hope not. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you, Mel. It's been an awesome conversation. I can't wait to do another podcast with you. All right. Thanks. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. If you have enjoyed this episode of the Everything Publishing Podcast, please reach out to us at selfpublishingservices at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media at sp underscore services, or you can check out our website at selfpublishingservices.com. We'd love it if you'd stick around. We have lots more episodes planned, and we'd love to get to know what you want us to cover. Have a great day and I wish you productive writing.